friends, and welcome to Pod Return to the Waking Sands. We are a Final Fantasy XIV companion podcast where we explore the lore and story of Hydaelyn and beyond. My name is Jen, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and researcher. I'm Levi. Hi, Levi. Hi, Jen. Today, we are continuing the main story quest, and we are playing through Escape from Castrum Sentry. Yeah. So what happened last time, Jen? All right. So we have a bunch of people kidnapped, and uh, um, we go talk to our, our bro at the observatorium, uh, Portalane, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And he tells us, well, in addition to our friends being held at Castrum Sentry, we learn that um, two engineer-looking guys... <laughs> were recently spotted escaping from a downed Imperial airship. And Sid is like, oh my god, that's Biggs and Wedge. So because they're currently being chased, we have to go find them right away. And so we're running all over Kurthus, uh, trying to figure out where the fuck they are. And we find Wedge under a bridge, and we find Biggs being accosted by some Imperials. We fight them off, save Biggs. There's a reunion. And now we have to go get the other people. Yeah. Yeah. So to that end, we are heading into Mordona. Mordona is where Castrum Sentry is located, which is the top lead for our missing scions. But first, a bit about Mordona. This is our first time entering this zone in the main story. And Mordona wraps around the northern portion of Silver Tier Lake. This is a place of significant history, including but not limited to the relatively recent Battle of Silver Tier Skies, in which an Imperial airship fleet disturbed the legendary dragon Midgar Sormer, and he rose from Silver Tier Lake, summoning the Dravanian Horde to combat the fleet. Ultimately, Midgar Sormer would destroy the flagship Agrius, but its detonating ceruleum tanks would also kill the dragon. And we can see the wreckage of this battle all around Mordona. There are husks of these airships that were destroyed, embedded in the landscape. And if we look out over the lake, we can see Midgard Sormer's corpse wrapped around the Agrius's hull still. And this same battle would cause an ethereal surge, possibly from the Ceruleum stores, or maybe the Aether pent up in Midgar Sormer himself. But this surge caused the landscape to erupt and burst forth with elemental crystals. So these ones here actually were mostly caused by this Silver Tier Skies event and not by the Calamity, interestingly enough. Hmm. These crystals are mostly found in the eastern portion of the zone, which is almost entirely crystal. Like, you are walking on that shit pretty much. Yep. The first thing that we find upon entering the zone is Revenant's Toll. This fortress also has a storied history. Before the Battle of Silver Tier Skies, there was a settlement in Mordona, but the destruction and debris that rained down from said battle was so devastating that it completely wiped out the village, leaving none to mourn but the dead. So, Revenant's Toll. And then Camp Revenant's Toll was founded by the Adventurers Guild in Mordona, taking its name as a memorial to the destroyed village. This was a small hub site in the 1.0 days. But 
during the calamity, the Aetherite crystal at that camp was essentially overcharged and it erupted into corrupted crystal, wiping out camp revenants toll. And you can still see the former camp outside the western gate of Mordona. That whole area has a massive collection of these orange corrupted crystals in the middle of it. And you can see the tattered tents of the camp. Today, the new revenants toll is more of a fortress than a camp. And that is the main hub of the zone itself. Revenant's Toll was the in-game city of A Realm Reborn. You can buy your level 50 gear here, crafting tomes, upgrade your artifact armor. All the old in-game stuff takes place here. And these days, of course, it's only good for glamour purposes, which is still a worthy endeavor. Our first step in rescuing the Scions is to make some inroads with the local authorities, which are all adventurers. We strut up to Slothborn, who is a steadily Rogadin warrior sporting a toothbrush mustache. Unfortunate. He's dashing. Yeah, shave the mustache off and we'll talk. Call it a matter of taste. I guess. Like lack of or... Yeah, okay. Well, th this guy has done nothing but help us and you are bashing him nonstop. I w that's a hell of an escalation. I don't approve of his mustache. I think it detracts from his awesomeness. So Slathborn, like everyone else here, is just a local adventurer. All of us that exist at the moment who aren't prisoners, so Ishtola, Ida, Sid, us, Big's Wedge, um, we meet up with Slathborn and we're like, this is what we want to do. We want to get into Castrum Sentry and free our buddies. And he's like, um, cool. Uh, good luck with that. You know, it's it's really, really difficult to get in there on a good day, and their shit is on high alert right now. So Ishtola's like, whatever we do here, we need to be as stealthy as possible, because if there's any whisper that we're in town, essentially, then, you know, our friend's lives are in danger. So luckily for us, Sid is on top of it. He's got a plan. Um, we're going to grab some uniforms. We're going to grab a piece of magitic armor and we're going to walk in like we own the place. To help us with this endeavor, Slathborn is like, talk to my guy, uh, Glaumund, over there. He has, um, one, some, you know, some pretty good insider information about this kind of effort. And two, he fucking hates the Empire. So, you know, thumbs up. Glaumont is a Highlander who's lounging on some nearby stairs. We tell him our plan, and he is immediately on board. Is it going to fuck up the Imperials? Hell yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Don't need details. We still tell him the details because we need some help with the specifics, of course. So he first recommends that we confirm the Scions are still in the stronghold to make sure that our efforts are not for naught. He knows of not a for not. he knows of a drainage pipe that runs to a command tower. So we sneak into the swamp that is to the southwest of. Revenant's Toll, southeast of the Castrum. The Tangle. And we find a big drainage pipe with a grating outside of it that's been rent asunder. And we listen in, and just then we hear two Imperial douchebags talking about these prisoners. Talking about these 
so here we are crouched in some swamp water um it would in in what is probably like sewage runoff <laughs> or something it's going to be like nuclear waste or something but we can hear a couple of guys like literally on their break talking about our friends the prisoners and how exciting that is we confirm at the end that yes they're still in there all right so we are a go and these guys are especially frustrated at the Elizin, who only spouts gibberish when his mouth opens. So that would be Urianje doing his thing. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So Menphilia, well, she's not talking. Urianje, he's annoying as hell. We get our intel and we return to Revenant's toll. Sid has been refining the plan. So Glaumont is going to help us track down some Magitek armor and some uniforms, and we're going to first off work on disguising its theft. So Sid tries to explain to us magical Eorzeans how a radio works, which is the Garlean substitute for Link Pearls. He describes it as voices born on etheric lightning that permeates the air. Whatever you say. Yeah, sounds like magic to me, I don't know. So we're going to go and disrupt these communications by poking some nearby corrupted crystals. We need to go and take readings to find the most potent ones, which we do. We head to the old camp of Revenant's Toll, and we rock around. We disturb some plasmoids. We get some readings, head back, done. Then we pop over to Glaumont for the next step. Uh, next, in order to fully realize the Imperial soldier fake-out... Uh, we need to observe the salute close up so we can mimic it perfectly. So this is Glaumont's suggestion. We get get up nice and close, observe them saluting each other so we can copy it. So we give Sid the readings. We go back to Glaumont and tell him that uh, we learned the salute. Do you want to see it? And he's like, nah, uh, I might punch you in the face. I'm like, okay, no problem. So now we talk to Glaumont's buddy, who is a Lala named Sark Malark. <laughs> who's got a lead on some uniforms. The best name. <laughs> Starky Malucky. Sure, we could go to the black market, or we could go and liberate them from some recently deceased Garleans. So we go out, we nab three uniforms, one for us, one for Biggs, and one for Wedge, and then we return. And now Sark has arranged for the smith Eganulf to repair the damage that we dealt to them. So we head over to the smith, give him these gently used uniforms, and he patches them up. At this time, Eganulf tells us that Sark is actually the son of a wealthy Uldan family, but he has chosen the adventuring life instead. Hmm. So with the uniforms tailored, Sark's part is done, and he reminds us that we will not stand out wearing these things as the Imperials use many conscripted soldiers from conquered territories. So Lala's, Elizins, whatever, it's all good. There's probably a counterpart in the army itself. While we've been working on the uniforms, getting them repaired and such, Glamont has devised a plan uh, to relieve a patrol of Imperials from their Reaper buddy. So he's planted the seed of a possible insurgents so that the, um, the guys at the castrum will increase their patrols. So what we're going to do is approach them in our newly acquired uniforms and lure them closer to Revenant's Toll i.e. away from the castrum, so we can ambush them and steal their reaper. If they're unwilling to go as far as we want them to go, which is Camp Revenant's Toll, um, we're going to light up a smoke signal to... And that's that's like the universal, like, everybody get over here and help me sort of thing. So that's that's what we do. Uh, we approach a centurion that's on patrol, and we're like, 
I heard that there's an insurgence possibly going on. Um, and we salute. Don't forget. Right. That's how they know that we're legit. Right. I put the whole outfit on and everything. I don't think I was supposed to, but... No, because if you go up to them not wearing the outfit, they assume that you're a spy working for them. Okay. And that's why you salute to tell them that you're on their side. Okay. I wish I had not replaced my gear because the ensuing fight was real spicy. So they follow and we should try to get them as far as possible. We walk up to the top of the the, the big fat Camp Revenant's toll cluster and light the smoke signal there. And they all come running. We ambush them. Uh, we fight a few ways of these guys uh, before taking the Reaper. I think like a vanguard shows up as well. So everyone in this fight goes down really fast except for the armor itself. I'm doing this at level appropriate mm-hmm. levels, um, as in like MSQ appropriate levels. Even so, though, I had a um, I was playing for this segment, Black Mage, uh, level 47, and I was taking out the ads in like one to two hits. Yeah. However, the armor itself, though, is very beefy. Yeah. I was like running around, running around. It's shooting. It's like thing at me. And I was like on the verge of death a lot. And I was like, let me put on my gear. <laughs> I was still running around in the fucking fake uniform. Well, that's not a fake uniform, but it makes me a fake Imperial soldier. Yeah. Anyway. We do prevail. We though. do, of course. Um, unfortunately, you know, we... <laughs> We, we fucked the Reaper up a little bit. It's still structurally sound, but one of the servo mechanisms is damaged. However, it's still intact enough to limp back to Revenant's toll. So Biggs grabs onto Wedge and tosses him bodily up into the cockpit, and he drives back for repairs. It's so great. I love that little move. They just give each other a look, and they know exactly what to do. This is a move that they've practiced. <laughs> I don't know in what capacity, but Biggs reaches over and just grabs him by the, like, like the back of his overalls or whatever and just bloop. well they are former garlean engineers so i'm assuming they've worked on the exact same thing for the other side before the the tossing move that's what i mean like, no 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 it's that's not an engineering specific maneuver oh well, sure but i, if I you... see like right so to get wedge into a seat he's probably had to throw him quite a few times yes okay it's worth noting here that the armor in this case is the armor in the tank sense not the stuff that you wear these are the Reaper Magitech armors who are the um, two-legged kind of like gun gun platforms. Yeah, it's like an ATST. For the Star Wars fans. Yeah. The the ATSTs. Mm-hmm. At's ass. No. At. So people call the bigger ones, the four-legged ones, at ats, which to me is incorrect because like, what do you do when you get to the ATSTs? You call them at. You can't. So they're ATATs and they're ATSTs. Like, come at me. Okay. Please um, at Jen, not me. Right. So yeah, she can still walk around, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and so when Wedge walks her back to Revenant's Toll, um, I'm I'm referring to her as her. She's well, like literally be- limping. That's because they name it Maggie very soon. Yeah. So it's personified in a minute. The the core, like Wedge thought, um, is is totally totally worn out and needs replacing. It's like the battery in a car. It's it's like it's fucking done. And he's like, well, great. You know, apparently the Imperials don't like maintaining their shit. Good news for us. They're not going to find another core, especially in Mordorna. This is a very kind of remote area of the realm. But what we can do is replace it with a mammoth heart. So he's ordered a he's ordered one from the Goldsmiths Guild. And mammoths are the Eorzean clockwork beings who sometimes have a limited intelligence. 
or less than limited in some cases. Yeah, they are sentient, though. And so that's exactly what it would do to our Reaper. It would grant it sentience. It's like, all you have to do is pick it up and um, pay for it. Great. Like, okay, I know I'm like Scion number one or whatever, and I'm super popular. That doesn't mean I'm like rolling in money. Okay, I, I am. But still. So off we go to the Goldsmith's Guild. We speak to Serendipity. And she's like, hey, um, yeah, here's, I've got a prince of all mammoths heart for you. Um, selected especially for Master Alfino's personal use. So we go to pay for it. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. This is, we were told that Master Alfino would send one of his servants to pick it up. So here you go. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, you know, Alfino's family have been uh, patrons of the Goldsmith Guild for a lot of fucking years. And she's like, we wouldn't dream of charging him. So here you go. Fine. We'll play the part of a servant. So core in hand, we return to Mordona. Heart. Excuse me. Heart in hand. We return to Mordona. Wedge slots it into the armor and it's good to go or not. Nothing happens for a moment until we get a characteristic whack with a wrench and that kicks things into gear. It's funny. He's like, I think she might just need a little loving tap and just starts wailing on her. And then it cuts to our face and we're horrified at what he's doing. (laughs) Like, oh, God, it's violence anyway. um, But, you know, she wakes up. Now we can practice. So we get to personally take the armor outside and drive it around the old camp to do some field tests. And I'm a bit disappointed that they didn't ever give us a chance to drive it in combat. Like I understand why they had Wedge doing it for the upcoming action, but also like why put us in there if you're not going to actually make it be mechanically relevant at this point? I don't know. I, I mean, it's kind of fun. It's something different. I know, but they could just have us write it during the upcoming fight or something. Well, if they did that, I don't know, that would be a little intimidating to put this, put us in that thing and try to drive it and also like fire it or whatever, just without any sort of, I don't know. I, I appreciate the opportunity to practice. So it it's the locomotion and everything, the feel of it is very different from even like being on your mount. So I, I, I like this little Only because preview. you're up so high. It just it just feels different, you know. The it just it just feels different. It's a tactility thing. Jen's never read anything besides the chocobo before, apparently. Yeah, but as a new player who's probably only ever ridden a chocobo or maybe like a I don't know, it just it just feels All different. Right, whatever. Okay, so uh, we walk it around a bit. It's working fine, but not quite as responsive as it should be. So Wedge wonders if there's an issue with the mammoth core, since it's a mammoth which is able to process information as feelings, let's reach out to it. Let's give it a welcome to the team. So we slash welcome the Magitech armor, the Mammoth, and that does nothing. And Sid gets worried that the devices actually are not compatible, that we cannot control this thing with the Mammoth heart. But just then, Biggs runs up to report that Imperials are on the way to recover the armor. They arrive... And the leader, the Centurion, recognizes both our character as the Icon Slayer and Sid, Sid Garland. The traitor! And he's like, oh shit, better call for reinforcements, but nope. Sid whips out his jamming device and he triggers the crystals and the call goes nowhere. Um, So, well, okay, if they can't take the Reaper back, they're going to destroy it. Um, So now our mission is to protect the Reaper at all costs. We have a 
pretty significant scuffle with the soldiers and a vanguard, but we are victorious. We save the Reaper. Yes. So the soldiers will break off from the melee one by one and go rush towards the Reaper. Kill that guy. And yeah, you want to focus that guy. And also the Vanguard will turn its AOEs. It does like these long line attacks and it will point them towards the Reaper as well. So pretty much though, if you just focus on the guys who are focusing on Maggie, then they go down and she's still intact afterwards. Once we prevail, then suddenly Maggie surges to life. It seems that our defense of it has awakened the mammoth inside of it. And our team is now all together and it's time for the assault on the castrum. I think this is, it's cute. Suddenly we're like, as we're all standing out there congratulating and high-fiving ourselves, like, yeah, we did it. Uh, we switch over to like a, like a Maggie POV. And she's like looking at us and she's like, you guys just saved me. We can see like everybody's back is towards her except for Biggs. <laughs> like, so Biggs is looking past Sid's head at Maggie and he sees that she's like awake and, and doing stuff. And he's like, what? And then Maggie turns to look at Wedge and he's like, what? And then she turns to look at us and we're like, sup, girl. As a finishing touch, Wedge stamps the Reaper we spray paint her. With the ironworks symbol. Yeah, straight up graffiti. A blazing cog. Your mom? <laughs> the fuck? Whatever. <laughs> so, is that what it is? Back at the workshop, we're making our final preparations when Glaumont walks in. He's here to give us a roaring send-off as we're helping to make his dream come true. Sid asks him, what did the Empire do to you exactly to earn them so much ire? Not that it's not deserved. Sure. And I know Sid could take a fucking flying guess as to why this Highlander man <laughs> has a grudge against uh, the Empire. I guess he's just been so fucking verbal about about his, his uh, desire for vengeance that, you know, maybe Sid is like, but what exactly did happen to you? And he follows that up saying like, I, you know, I don't want you to relive anything you don't want to relive. You, you do not have to share this with me. And Glaumont says, uh, on the contrary, I've actually kind of been itching to tell you. Glaumont's story is not unique, unfortunately. Uh, he's Alamegan, you know. Um, he grew up poor, but he knew he knew happiness. He lived with his mom and his sister. So when Alamigo was invaded, they took him, put him in a camp, and they took his mom and his sister, you know, elsewhere. And that just killed him. So he... He planned an escape for the three of them, and it, it succeeded for a time, but the Imperials did catch up with him. Rather than being captured again and brought back, his mom and his sister threw themselves off of a cliff, and um, he was retaken as a prisoner. Um, a few years later, he made his own successful escape and swore vengeance ever since. You know, so at this point, Sid is like, hey do you want to join us, you know, and really and kind of get your hands dirty with this? And Glamot says, you know, actually, no, um, even though I've been doing this for almost 20 years now, I've realized that my place is not on the front lines. I'm, I'm much better at the behind the scenes, the scheming, the strategizing. So I, I have to say no to your invite, but, um, you know, go get them. And we do. So we begin the attack. We put on our imperial disguise, the tunic, and the the helm, which look ridiculous. When you look at it straight on, <laughs> we all look like we have little beaks. 
Yeah. And cross-eyed. Cross-eyed with beaks. I wish that this outfit were cooler. It makes the line Imperials look like Dorcas's. Yeah. 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 And their little, their little tops. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, we put on the look and we head to the swamp to meet up with Sid. We find him there with Biggs and Wedge. And the plan is to have Sid and Alphano make a diversion outside while we enter the castrum itself with Biggs and Wedge. Biggs once more slings Wedge up into the armor and it's go time. So we head up to the main gate, make our perfect Imperial salute, and the Garleans open it wide for us to enter. Meanwhile, somewhere in the castrum, Livia is interrogating Minfilia. This echo of yours intrigues us. We desire only to understand it. And for that, we need your help. You wish to be rid of the icons, do you not? You would have saved yourself a great deal of torment had you accepted our aid from the beginning. And she works Minfilia over, trying to get Minfilia to spill the secrets of the Echo. And of course, Minfilia refuses. Eventually, Livia gets fed up and orders more intense interrogation, which will be taking place at Castrum Meridianum. Mm -hmm. Back to our characters again. We make our way through the premises, saluting everyone in sight. And when we do so, they spill their little bit of intel. So we learn that the prisoners are being held in a storage tower before they're going to be transported to the other castrum. And also, one of the guards has fallen for Tataru. Yeah, he's like, he is all alone. He's kind of, it looks like he's asleep on the ground. And he's just so, he is just so overwhelmed by this big fat crush he has on Tataru. But he says, I wonder if the centurion would give me the key so I can go see her. So we're like, ooh, the key. And we go, hello, centurion, sir. Here's my excellent salute. May I please have the key? I have orders to go see the prisoners. And, and he's the like, centurion's like, okay, here you go. <laughs> Just give it back later, okay? Amazing. So we head for the tower. And we find the scions in there about to be led away. And then Philly is trying to do like a take them, take it, me, not them. Yeah. Like, you know, they have nothing. To, they don't have what you want. It's me. Also, if you hurt them, I will just kill myself. And then you have to explain that shit to Livia. And you, she's not going to be happy. We all she know has Olivia no is. bargaining power whatsoever here. But That's it. All she, ha all she has is her life. I, I don't think that she could probably make good on that threat, frankly, in this circumstance. But- Either way, we see this showdown happening as um, the prisoners who are all tied up right now are being confronted by their imperial escort. And we see Tataru peeking out from behind Menphilia's skirt, and she looks over and she sees Wedge, who's riding Maggie in his imperial armor. She recognizes him and gasps. Wedge evidently also has the hots for Tataru too, as he immediately pushes for us to blow our cover and enact the rescue. Biggs is like, ah, not yet, maybe. But at that moment, though, one of the soldiers in front of us gets a, a communication. And he, this is when he is told, oh, shit, one of our Reapers is missing. And he's like, you just now figured this out. Okay, great. Go and fucking find it. This is the, you know, DEFCON 1, whatever. And now Biggs is like, okay, this is it. Now or never. So in we go with Maggie and everything. We're like, what's up, dude? And then Wedge 
gives him an ironic little salute with this amazing little grin on his face, this little shit-eating grin. So we fight. Fighty, fighty time. So Orianje, Papalimo, Tataru, um, and Philia are all there still bound. Uh, but we have to fight these guys off before we can free them. And we do. Is this where you lost, Jen? Uh, it is, because I... Well, one, I'm still in, like, not my gear. <laughs> so there's that. And also... I was, I didn't get that you had to just focus fire on one dude. And when that one dude went down, then you're good. Don't try to like get them all, you know? So I'm like, you know, there's like a group of dudes. I'm like AOEing. That was not helpful at all. And by the time, I mean, you gotta, you gotta kill one dude. Otherwise Wedge will, will die. So like Wedge, his health is just going down. Wedge died for you. And that's how you lost the fight. Right. I saw that you could interact with the bonds on Papalimo. And if you try and do so, there's like a 10 second timer as you untie him. But once you do so, he will be free and he can join the fight. Wow. So I cast sleep on the Imperials that were targeting me and then untied Papalimo. And then with his firepower, the rest of the fight was no problem whatsoever. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't think of doing sleep because <laughs> I never think of doing sleep. It's rarely useful. Um, but honestly, the Imperial Black Mages, they cast paralysis on you. So I've been using sleep to interrupt paralysis because that fucking sucks, especially for a black mage. God. Yeah. Like, fuck your cast bar. <laughs> well, every time I went to go unbind them, because the, the, you know, they're talking to you during the fight and they're literally saying, unbind me. They're calling out to me by name. So I'm running over there and going to unbind them. And then the little message pops up. You can't do that. You've got more important shit to do. I'm like, Ugh. I don't know why, but Urian J's bindings, you can't undo even though they're interactable. But what? But. Papalimos, you can. I, I did both, and the the pop up came up for me both times. Weird. I have no idea why that happened. I it must have been like timing, or I, I did it too soon, or like, or the the meta is that you have to put everybody to sleep and then you can. I I have no idea because uh-huh. I had no issue with Papalimo or Jays. It wouldn't let me. I got the same message from that. I have no idea what the fuck the trigger is, but you survived in round two, so congrats. Yep. Thanks. Didn't need help. <laughs> Anyway, so we, we defeat them by whatever method we need to. We free the scions, we untie them, we're all happy together. But Thancred is still missing. Any sign of him? No? Well, we better bail and worry about that later on because we got to get out of here. Yeah, he's been missing since before uh, the raid on the Waking Sands. Yep. So outside, Livia is in a confrontation with Yishola and Ida. It sounds like they snuck in on a freight transport, and now they want some revenge. But unfortunately, some Imperials rush in to back up Livia. Yishola and Ida decide to bail. So that whole encounter is really satisfying to me. Even though they don't kill her, uh, that would be ultimately satisfying. But they are standing in this big open space inside the castrum. And it's Livia and probably, you know, 20 yards away is Yastola. And she is standing there like, I will fuck you up. She has no fear. And she should be because this woman's got gun blades. She has no conscience, you know. And she basically is telling her as much like, yeah, you're going to die here, bitch. Um, we don't need you staining Eorzea anymore. Isn't that right, Ida? And then all of a sudden, boom, like Ida's standing behind her. And she's like, that's right. Like the both of them are such badasses in this moment. They're always badasses. But in the face of this woman in particular, they just have no fucks. Like they're ready to take her down. And they both assume positions. And that's when the other guys show up and they're like, okay, fuck it. We'll see you later, Livia. 
But Ida gets one time to shine as oh, Livia yeah. is going to shoot her with her gun arms. It's like a simultaneous punch and their yes. fists meet. And then that's when Livia fires her gun blade. And at that moment, Ida makes the most gorgeous flying leap forward to meet up with Ishola on the other side of Livia and they run away. It's like fucking cool. Back to our party. The Imperials are trying to recapture us. And Wedge goes off to hold off one band in the armor while we take on another band. We're now in a storage yard inside the Castrum, and there are some scrub soldiers, no problem. There are also vanguards here that have some sort of like shield, like powered shield on them. And the shield is being powered by some external device. So while the Scions are fighting the armors, we have to run around the storage yard to try and find these shield generators and destroy them. So then the armors can in turn be destroyed. Yep. And the Scions will kill these things no fucking problem once the shields are down. Yeah. After we take out three vanguards, then a new Magitek shows up. This is a Colossus. It is a big armored humanoid, probably 20 feet high, eight yalms high, roughly. (laughs) (laughs) That would be, let's say, uh, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're, They're about as tall as the vanguards. Yeah. Yeah. But this thing has a massive cleaver and everyone freaks out over it. Um, this new threat showing up. Yeah. But we trash it, no problem. And we keep on running. Until we end up cornered at a cliff overlooking the swamp. As we are being faced down by the Imperials, Yishtola and Ida show up to intervene. They get a time to shine as Yishtola does magic and Ida does some sweet punches. No, dude. Okay. So the, the group of us, the prisoners, Biggs, um, Wedge is off doing shit in Maggie, whatever. And we're, yeah, we're literally cornered. It's, 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 there's a cliff, there's us, and there's a bunch of soldiers with gun blades. These are probably decurions or sent, like a whole bunch of centurions. Yeah. Like upper level dudes, full face armor, and then the gun blades. They're in a semicircle around us, and they all raise their arms, aim, and fire. And at that moment, Ishtola runs up and goes, Wah! and puts a, a, an impenetrable force field around us. And the bullets just go boing, boing, boing off of this thing. It's so badass. And then Ida shows up and she starts punching dudes. You know, they, they say some like little cute cliche things like, what took you long enough? And uh, this is, and at this point, Wedge runs back up because you know, so he's done doing whatever he was doing. Maggie is kind of in a lump behind him and Biggs is like, what the fuck, dude? You left the Magitek armor? And he's like, I gotta, I gotta do what I gotta do, all right? So now we're well and truly fucked, because now it's all of us, and these guys are closing in. Well, well, now what? Then we get another Maggie POV, and she kind of wakes up, and she's looking at all of us. Um, she looks at us in particular, even in our disguise, realizes the, uh, well, this is bad. So what she does is she she stands up and starts just kind of making all sorts of, like, movements, and the... The Centurions are really confused because there is nobody driving her or driving it. And in that moment of distraction, Sid calls to all of us. All right, y'all, count to five and jump. And then we all do like a little, you know, one, two, three, four. Yeah. And then we jump off the cliff onto the Enterprise and whoop, there we go. Cool. And but as we're flying away, we do still we see Maggie and she's she's. Like, she's not dead, but she's she's in a, in she's, a, in a heap. She, she's she's in a crumpled heap, and we fly away, and that's kind of like well, we don't want to leave her there. As we soar away, we see Gaius on the ground cursing our escape, 
And then the Ultima weapon is called forth from within the castrum, and it blasts the airship with a bright beam of green energy. Sid veers to avoid it, and Minfilia curses that the weapon is complete. It is a relic of ancient Alag, excavated from its resting place deep beneath Alamigo. The Alagans used it to crush primal and foe alike, and now the Garleans mean to do the same. Damn you, Gaius! Next to Gaius, there is now an Asian, La Habrea. La Habrea goes to remove his mask, and like to our collective shock and horror, Menphilia especially, it's Thancred. So what the fuck? We don't know what to think about this, except just we're just we're just stunned. Menphilia is beside herself, and the rest of us are like, what the fuck? But the Ultima weapon is readying another shot, and Sid's like, we have to get the fuck out of here. Minfilia is freaking out because of her and Thancred's shared past. For more on that, check out the Scions of the Seventh Dawn episode. Right. And then Alphano also is freaking out something big, too. Well, he's pissed. Because he is the one that told Thancred to go and investigate the Asians. He's not sure what happened exactly, but he realizes that Thancred has been the one feeding the Garleans all the information about the Scions movements and also the Waking Sands location itself. Thancred is the one who is able to facilitate this attack that we have been dealing with for the past several quests so far. Yeah, we, we, nobody knew how they knew about the Waking Sands and that it was our, 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 our headquarters and that's how they knew. So it's a dark day all around on board the airship, but we must press on. We have to warn the leaders of Eorzea that the Scions of the Seventh Dawn still stand and that we must fight back against the Ultima weapon. Yep. And that's where we leave off for now. So that's a lot. Basically doing the impossible. But it was really easy. Like, they don't have their shit together at Custom Sentry, apparently. I recall that Jen was defeated once. Miss, that was easy. So besides that, um, I mean, when you've got armed forces that are, like, cobbled together from conquered territories, um, like, you know, I, I think probably the majority of your troops are not actually Garleans. It's probably going to be a little shaky. Probably going to be some cracks some loopholes. Anyway, so I think we definitely saw a lot of that. Just kind of like, you know, some people care a little bit more than others. Yeah, I know, whatever. I don't know. I feel like the difficulty and the imperviousness of the fortress was sold, actually, because of all the work that we had to do preceding the actual attack. And then even so, we had our backs to the wall, so to speak, at the very end. And if it were not for Sid's rescue, um, then we would have possibly fallen there and then. So I, I don't I disagree with the assessment that this is showcases how how weak and disorganized or whatever they are. No, I think they're not. It's... They're not weak and disorganized. It's just they're they, it it posed some opportunities for us that we were able to exploit. They don't know every single soldier because the empire is massive, so we can slip in like this, and we can wreak some havoc because they are so big that they cannot have the small scale scrutiny that would block out that kind of infiltration. At the same time, though, we had to move a lot of pieces to get here. 
the whole first half of this bit is just prep for this invasion. So they make us work for it. This feels like it was meant to be a skin of your teeth type scenario. Oh, for sure. I remember the first time I did it, this, it definitely took a lot longer just because, you know, you're doing, you're doing all the things when you're first starting out and also just, but yeah, this, this seemed like an amazing accomplishment when I finished it. I remember very clearly the moment when we're all at the edge of the cliff. I remember very clearly um, when Ida confronts Livia and she does that sweet flip and then Ishtola's moment in the sun when she she pops her uh I don't know what that is called what's that called it's the white mage no wait they do no it's, it's not a, impenetrable, it's a, it's a healing bubble though yeah so it's it's not that correct I think it's, it's her else. special Yashola move because because she's I mean she's hella good at stuff um it may be some older version of the class had like a bubble but I think right now it's just because all the science kind of multi-class in a way in like every single solo instance where you were fighting with scions, they can heal you. You know, no matter what they are, they have some healing to throw your way. There's some other stuff as well. And I think part of it has been the evolution of the jobs mechanically over time versus the A Realm Reborn story, which is fixed in the mechanics of the original A Realm Reborn release. We see things here that aren't possible, like like Stone Skin, for instance. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so I, I remember these things very clearly. And, and it was a, it felt like such a triumph, you know, over the forces of evil. Because yes, it was sold really well that this is going to be super difficult. There are a lot of opportunities for us to fail if we didn't do everything just right. But like, I am looking at the, the examples specifically of um, the centurion just like, all right, here's my key. Just give it back later. And then, um, you know, the other guy who was just completely overwhelmed by his love for Tataru. <laughs> and just, yeah, I guess like getting in there and getting all up in their faces. These are just like, you know, they're people. The one guy was like, oh, we got some prisoners. You know, he's ready to like throw down some gossip. Um, they're not this like unfeeling monolith of people. It's, you know, they're each like, individuals and... I guess that Centurion, if we didn't kill him, uh, won't be given any keys anytime soon. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, what a what a total triumph it was. Also notable here is the complete lack of padding in the lead up to. I mean, there was enough to do already. So it was like, you know, making sure we blocked the communications, uh, stealing the, uh, the uniforms, repairing the uniforms, uh, learning the salute. Uh, repairing the magic armor, uh, finding the mammoth heart. Like, all of these things were directly involved with our final mission. It wasn't like, go talk to so-and-so or... It, yeah, no, it was all... It was just... It was a lot to do. Oh, they mean more like, okay, so these uniforms are ruined. So now you got to go talk to this dealer over here and you got to go get money to pay him for his uniforms. And then he's got this whole story. And yeah. then, yeah, by the time we get back to Sid with our uniforms, like, what were we doing? It is all just, here's the goal. Go do it. Okay, that's done. Great. That piece is now complete. So it feels like this part of the game has a lot more momentum to it than we've had in the much more kind of diversion heavy earlier content 100 percent. nice any other comments jen justice for maggie <laughs> next time we'll be heading into the aram Vale dungeon and that will do it for today's episode it was a lot thank you guys so much for listening 
Uh, if you want to get in touch, you can at podreturnffxav at gmail.com. And then uh, also we have a Discord. Holy shit. Uh, pop in, join us on the Discord. Have a chat with your with your fellow listeners. Uh, go to our show notes. You'll find a link there. And uh, maybe we'll see you. Um, but with that, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a good day or night. And we will see you next time. Fool of a Lalafell!